You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, daily, every day, folks. Jeff Lloyd, your host, will be here at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Continue taking you three, uh, through leading up to week three at home against the Washington football team. Today's episode of Locked on Browns is brought to you by the fine folks over at NFL Game Pass. This season, get football on your time with NFL Game Pass. See all the action from every game with full game replays. You can also replay an entire game and catch all the plays in just 45 minutes with condensed games. Go to NFL.com slash Game Pass to start your free trial today. NFL Game Pass, where football never stops. I'm going to ride solo on this one here today for what will be your Wednesday edition of Locked on Browns. We're already in eighth of the 2020 season through the books here. So I'm going to highlight some thoughts here on the offensive side of the ball. We're going to do the same on the defensive side of the ball. I'm going to give some quick thoughts here on Washington before we sit down tomorrow night with Chris Russell and do the crossover episode. Chris does a fantastic job covering Washington uh, for for Sports Illustrated. We'll get you out a pregame show for Friday and then Saturday, 1 p.m. We'll kick it off at home against the Washington football team. Starting with Baker Mayfield. Uh, week one against the Ravens. Um, yes, we talked about how the Browns were going to be a, a disadvantage going into this game. And I'm just going to go to one point in that game. I think... The interception early for Baker maybe got him, I don't want to say rattled, but maybe got him, oh man, here we go again. That type of you know mentality for Baker. Because once you went back and you watched the All-22, there were a lot of open throws there. And with Kevin Stefanski's system, the one thing they're trying to do is, and, and, and it's not a knock on Baker, Kevin Stefanski's system is, I want to make it easy. I want guys to be open due to strong offensive line play, due to attention that's going to have to be given to the running backs. And I think once they sat down and chopped up the week one film, I think Baker Mayfield just had this dog in him that said, man, I left a lot of meat on the bone. Sunday against the Ravens. I'm not sure if they would have won that game. And you guys know, you know, longtime listeners of the show, it was going to be really easy for the Ravens to run it back. The way they, you know, control the game with the run, Lamar just continuing to graduate as a passer. They're just adding things to what was already a really good thing for the Ravens. But for the Browns, I think once they sat down, looked through this film, and dug through it, and Baker got to see, you know, hey, this offense is pretty simple. And as long as I do what I'm supposed to do and follow my reads, there's going to be guys open, which led us to what we saw Thursday night. Um, what did we talk about? There were going to be some, you know, there were going to be some, you know, gut check throws where you were just going to go deep to, you know, test teams. And Baker made that throw to Odell. And but just starting off hot, starting off with confidence, and getting a couple of throws under his belt early. Um, you know, Baker is a rhythm guy. As much as he's a great quarterback, he's a rhythm guy. He starts positive. It keeps him flowing. I'm looking for the same type 
of Baker Mayfield Sunday against Washington. Even though their defensive line is strong, I think this offensive line is going to be able to give him the time he wants, and I do believe they're going to be able to move the ball with Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb, which we're going to get to here. This is just like an embarrassment of riches right now with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Uh, you know, Nick just you know finds the crease, sees the daylight, and turns it on. You know, he is the faster of the two backs. Uh, you know, a little bit stronger. Um, whereas Kareem, you know, maneuvers out of tackles. Nick Chubb basically is like the train on the tracks. You know, if you're going to get in his way, it's going to be an issue. That first touchdown Thursday night. Uh, you know, I, you know, obviously Harrison Bryant with a nice block, Janovich with a nice block, and then you know Nick just gets into the hole. Yeah, there's a body or two there, and Nick has the ability to you know bust it outside, or is the ability to put his nose down and say, "I'm going to go through what's in front of me," and even if you get a piece of me, a minuscule piece of me, jump on, son. You're going for the ride, and I think that's where Nick Chubb has excelled thus far. Kareem Hunt. Uh, this is a great system for him as well. And the contract extension makes sense. Granted, we get to see so limited amount of, you know, what the Browns did this summer. No preseason games. But Kareem looks special in this offense as well. Kareem maybe has a little bit more wiggle than Nick, where Nick has top-end speed. We know Kareem's the better receiver. The touchdown reception <laughs> Thursday night against the Bengals. Could you imagine the defense when they got to the sidelines. And I'm sure somebody was extremely responsible for Kareem Hunt. Could you imagine not covering Kareem Hunt uh, when he comes into the game? And I thought Coach Kevin Stefanski did a great job with handling that. Uh, You know, Kareem didn't play much up until maybe late in the second half. And then it was, all right, well, here's another fresh back we're going to throw at you. And you're having a hard enough time with our running backs as it is. So that got to that scenario. You know, some other highlights here, you know, as far as on the offensive side of the ball. You know, Odell looks crisp, and you went back and you watch, you know, the film from Baltimore. Odell was open a lot more than we thought he was. And I think that's part of the thing that got Baker so ignited to go into Thursday night, realizing he missed throws. Odell's got the juice back. He's moving like he, you know, like he was in his beginning years with the Giants. Jarvis Landry. Jarvis Landry right now is just kind of like Novocaine. It's simple. You know what's going to work. You know what you're going to get from get from him. And for him even to be able to play Thursday night where he'd been on a pitch count, you know, leading up to this, now he gets these, you know, 10 days of rest to get ready for Washington. You know, Jarvis should start to contribute a little bit more here. Uh, the tight ends, I don't want to say it's a disappointment because I think they blocked pretty well. David Njoku obviously had the strong week one against the Ravens. Um, and this is a good thing because there's still so much more to come from this unit. Uh, we, we talked about the relationship between Baker and Hooper and how it looked great all summer. Harrison Bryant looked fantastic all summer. They really, for the most part, haven't done much to this part. So this is like untapped potential as far as the skill position that can just be more of a factor going forward further for this Browns offense. Now, the big fellas. Um, and it's with, I guess it was 15 practices with Jack Conklin, you know, missing a little time, veteran type arrest, JC, JC Treader not practicing at all during camp, Jedrick Wills learning on the fly. Wills has looked fantastic to this point. Uh, week one against the Ravens, his day 
ended early due to the shin injury, able to come back three days later, take every snap. Um, and what we had talked about in the summer was it looked a lot more like he was thinking as opposed to just playing. I think, and it's weird because the only team he had faced all summer was the Browns, but starting to see other football players, I, I think it's starting to click. The light's going on about changing everything and the brain tendency from going from the right side of the offensive line to the left side of the offensive line. Jedrick Wills, and to their credit, Mekhi Becton, Andrew Thomas, Tristan Wirfs, all of the offensive tackles. We talked about how strong, and God knows you guys listen to me and Pete debate all these offensive tackles for about two and a half months leading up to the draft. They've all looked good. Um, but Jedrick Wills at number 10 or overall, there's no buyer beware. You're happy. And I will say Jedrick Wills is playing better to this point, given the scenario that all these rookies were put in, than I think anybody could have thought. Our guy, Wyatt Teller. Wyatt Teller committed himself in the offseason, and it wasn't about getting in better shape. You know, Wyatt Teller was just an odd fit to this system. So he put in the effort to reduce the body fat a little bit, work on quickness a little bit. He's been fantastic to this point. Again, PFF's number one offensive guard to this point. And I tried to tell you folks, Bill Callahan was a huge fan of Wyatt Teller coming out of Virginia Tech. Looked fantastic. Treader, Batonio, we, we know, guys. I mean, we've seen it now for years. Um, and the cool thing with these two is they just have this, and we always talk about Baker and Rashard Higgins, where it seems like they have this just ability to know what the other's doing. Batonio, Treader, it's just that way. They work in unison so beautifully. And some of those plays Thursday night against the Bengals, where the you know guys were pulling and there was a little bit of a clog and you know they were taking you know just an extra you know heartbeat of a half a step to make sure when they got to the open area they hit it and they hit it hard it's looked beautiful to this point jack conklin week 1 wasn't bad week 2 obviously sat down jack conklin if you notice the browns latest depth chart he is not listed as an injured participant neither is olivier vernon so i'm assuming both of these guys will be ready to go for week two against the Washington football team. We're going to flip it up here. We're going to do the same thing. We're going to break it down and get my thoughts on the defensive side of the ball. Jeff Lloyd with your Wednesday Locked on Browns. This season, get all the NFL. This season, get football on your time with NFL Game Pass. You can catch every snap from every game with full game replays and see all of the plays in just 45 minutes with condensed games. You can relive all the gutsy calls, crazy catches, wild comebacks, and breakout stars from every game every week. It's all the action, all the football you can handle, all in one place. And NFL Game Game Pass is the only place you can replay every game all season long. You'll also learn from the league's best players with over 40 NFL Game Pass film session episodes. Go inside the game from a player's perspective as they break down the game's concepts and techniques. Learn from the best like Deshaun Watson, Stephon Gilmore, Devontae Adams, and many more. NFL Game Pass also provides access to the entire NFL Films archive. Go to NFL.com slash Game Pass. To start your free trial today, NFL Game Pass, where football never stops. Like I said, we are going to do this now and talk about the same thing on the defensive side of the ball. 
And again, now guys, as I celebrate my three-year anniversary as the host of Locked On Browns, you all know one of the things we have harped on from day one is building a deep defensive line, being able to rotate players in, being able to keep players as fresh as possible. This is where we're at now with this defensive line. Everybody knows the star that Miles Garrett is. He was on display Thursday night. He is second currently in the NFL with you know quarterback hurries, the ability to get off the ball, and now we're starting to see what we've always wanted to see. He is such a freak. Move him. Let him play other spots in obvious passing situations. Let the athleticism play out. You saw this, and Jonah Williams did an okay job. So what do you do against a team like the Cincinnati Bengals? You go on over to that right side where it's Bobby Hart, who, how? I, I, I just can't even understand how Bobby Hart is a starting tackle in this league. And you just start playing games. And you put athletes on him. And you're rotating a Porter Gustin, who is just almost just as good of an athlete as Miles Garrett. And you start having some fun with these guys. You make it fun. You create mismatches. And you get into positions where these supreme athletes are not getting touched. Again, I mentioned about Olivier Vernon. Didn't have a great week one. Was not available week two. Looks like he got basically the respite here. And he's going to get two weeks to be ready to go Sunday against Washington. We'll see where Adrian Claiborne is at going to play through, you know, the hip flexor. I assume Adrian's going to play through it. He's just that type of veteran. He's been doing this for a long time. And then Porter Gustin. You guys know what I think about Porter Gustin. He's, I've been a champion for the Porter Gustin cause since the Browns brought him in. He's big. He's strong. He's fast. He's athletic. He's everything you want. And now getting, you know, the coaching and the development time and structure, and obviously he got a lot of work this summer while Miles missed time. While you let Miles and you let, I mean, while you let Vernon and you let Claiborne get a little rest for themselves, and you're seeing, I mean, this is, it's weird that you would call Porter Gustin a diamond in the rough because he was a five-star recruit going to USC. He was highly productive at USC. He was a combine star, but to get a player like this off the street, and this is why I always say, gamble on plus athletes. If it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But gamble on them. Let the athleticism play. And for Port Augustine to this point, it's working. And it's working out pretty well. Sheldon Richardson, Larry Ogunjobi. Larry last year, it was just it wasn't clicking. And this year with this system um, and him and Sheldon playing in unison, Larry may be playing the best ball we've ever seen of him with the Cleveland Browns. And it obviously behooves Larry Ogunjobi very well with this being a contract year. But the athleticism and Larry with the body transformation where he's forever and continuously, you know, working on his body and it's, you know, trying to get the fat off, you know, trying to be as muscular as possible and, you know, and, you know, add up on the quickness that he can get with his body. Larry Ogunjobi, your uh, number one run stuffing defensive tackle in the NFL right now, according to the fine folks over at PFF. Sheldon Richardson uh, among, I believe it's all defensive linemen, seventh in hurries. Then you add in a Jordan Elliott who is playing quick, 
He's playing strong. He's keeping blockers off of him. And Jordan Elliott was a PFF darling at Missouri. And to this point, he's been a PFF darling. And I think you're going to get to the point where maybe we're going to get the opportunity that Jordan Elliott's reps are going to rise. Um, It's nothing with Larry. It's nothing with Sheldon. But, you know, when a guy works like this, produces like this, you start saying, hey, let's see if we can put a little bit more on the plate. And I think Jordan Elliott has earned this opportunity. Now we're going to get to where maybe it's not so pretty. The linebacking position. And this is where we're in a tough spot. With Mac Wilson going down, hopefully available for week three. Look, just being back at practice for Mac Wilson, this is a big step in the right direction. Um, and everybody knows, look, you know, I gave his rookie year some some criticism. I did. I own it. But I'm starting to grow a fan of the guy that Mac Wilson is. He's passionate about the game. He's all about ball. He's putting in the work. You see it in the offseason. All the time, Mac Wilson is working to try to improve himself as a football player. There had been talks, obviously, where he had reached out to you know, former NFL linebackers, other linebackers in the NFL, picking their brain, doing everything he can to try to improve himself as a player, to improve himself for this franchise. And for that, I take my hat off to a guy like Mac Wilson. Uh, you know, hey, even if you don't turn out to be a star in the league, I'll always, always champion for the guy who's going to die trying. And that's where Mac Wilson is right now as, you know, the player for this team. And I'll be honest, right now, this team could use him. They could use some help with this linebacking core. B.J. Goodson, Sione Takitaki. Uh, you know, B.J. Goodson, it's it's just tough. Misses a lot of tackles. Coverage is not there. Sione, I think, just needs to kind of need a little refinement. Um, he's looking to obliterate people. That part of his game needs to stop. Need to develop a little bit more just to tackle. You know, I mean, he runs 100 million miles an hour at a ball carrier, and most of the time the head's down. That's going to lead to missed tackles. He needs to run 100 million miles an hour and break down and tackle guys. It's great that he's physical. It's great that he's a hard hitter. But you need to translate and add to being a pure tackler. And that's just one of the weaknesses Sione has. But I think to this moment, to this point, besides Malcolm Smith, Sione Takitaki's been the best linebacker they had. Malcolm Smith, 19 snaps week one, looks pretty good against the Ravens. 56 snaps week two against Cincinnati, looks pretty good, produced pretty good. He's savvy, maybe not as athletic as he once was when he entered this league, but he knows it. He can read tendencies. He can read backsides. He can read coverage. He can read quarterback. It's a great veteran addition to have right now. And he is probably their best coverage linebacker. I don't think his role is going to change when Mac Wilson comes back. I think if Mac Wilson comes back, the guy we may be concerned about is going to be number 93, B.J. Goodson. Um, it's great that he had a great summer, but you're going to worry about production and what have you done for me lately. And this team needs a little bit more from their linebackers. They didn't put a lot on this linebacking unit heading into this season, but they need something out of this linebacking unit. Mac Wilson's going to get an opportunity when he's ready. Malcolm Smith has earned his opportunity. Sione Takitaki has kept his opportunity. We'll see what the rest of the season holds for Jacob Phillips, as you guys know, one of my guys. The secondary. Uh, Denzel Ward, chef's kiss, perfect. He is establishing himself and just cementing it that he is the number one cornerback of this team. He is a true one cornerback in the NFL. 
over at the number two cornerback. Terrence Mitchell has played well. And this is it this happens with Terrence Mitchell all the time. It happened with him last year. Um, you know, you bring in other guys because you think they may be better. And then Terrence Mitchell, when you call on him, steps up, does his job, just like he has done this year to this point. He, Denzel Ward, have both been graded very well by PFF to this point. But Terrence is sticky, and he's got long arms for his size. So even if he can't hang with every receiver, his arms and his length is able to create an issue. And it's just fun to watch Terrence Mitchell. He's so comfortable in who he is and who he is as a player and does a fantastic job. Kevin Johnson, Greedy Williams coming back this week. Much needed. God bless Tavier Thomas. A plus, plus, plus special teamer in this league. Um, maybe probably better off as a box safety if you're going to actually use him in, on defense. Maybe that's where Tavier Thomas would excel a little bit better. But he had a rough couple of weeks. And it's no through fault of his own. As the number six cornerback for this offense, I don't think he was meant to see as many reps as he has seen to this point. I can guarantee you he was not thought to have seen as many reps as he has seen to this point. But you're getting some guys back from the cavalry here to assist with that cornerbacking unit. The safeties. Same thing here. Uh, Andrew Sandeo was not supposed to play this much. Grant Delpit's injury caused that. Um, and Sandeo, he's a role player, and he's usually pretty good in his role. He's got to play 70 snaps on defense. You're going to find a ward or two. He's a 10-year veteran. He was never that athletic when he came into the league. And this is a, you know, an issue where he has now. Carl Joseph, it's just about trying to get him in his role. My guess is he's going to play more closer to the line of scrimmage. Ronnie Harrison, maybe starting this week, is going to be more of a guy who's going to cover tight ends and maybe play a little bit deeper. Um, I, I don't know if it's the right call, um, but Carl Joseph's just never really been comfortable back there. Ronnie Harrison's got the length um, to maybe be able to play your on-the-roof free safety. Sheldrick Redwine, I just don't know what's going on there. It seems so weird. Um, and we talked about this. He was going to be a wild card. I think Sheldrick Redwine earned some fans towards the end of the 2019 season where after seven safeties, um, Sheldrick Redwine finally got to play, you know, late in the fi- you know final stages of the year, played, you know, I think started the last six games and started looking like a guy who was progressing. Um, but he's a tweener safety, and that's where it got even more confusing because if he can do a little bit of both, you thought Joe Woods would have a spot for him, would have a role for him. But to this point, that isn't the case. Um, but Sheldrick Redwine, I'd love to see him get some reps. I mean, he's got the athletic profile. He was hitting hard last year. He was tackling well. Um, you certainly don't want to always keep him you know, as your deep free safety. But I think there's a role to be had, and it just seems really weird that Sheldrick Redwine, with the way the safeties have played to this point, hasn't got an opportunity to show a little bit more. Um, you know, Hope Sheldrick keeps fighting. Hope he keeps busting his butt. Because, uh, you know, there were times towards the end of last year, you know, Sheldrick Redwine was impressing, folks. We're going to get to your Washington preview here. Just some thoughts I have before we get to the crossover later this week. And then, obviously, we will get to your Locked on Browns pregame show. Invest in your intuition. Use promo code LOCKEDON, all caps, one word, and double your first deposit. New players get up to $1,000 in free play. Designed to add more excitement to the sports you love, and the games you bet. Your winning season begins today only at my bookie. 
Hey guys, I want to tell you about a new website that launched on August 1st called OhioVersusEveryone.com. The site covers all Cleveland sports and pop culture. They have in-depth, interesting articles about the Cavaliers, the Browns, the Indians, also your Cincinnati Reds and Bengals, and of course, the returning to the field in October, Ohio State Buckeyes. Thomas Valentine just recently wrote an article talking about the Browns' embarrassment of riches at the running back position and how they're the best running backs in the NFL. And Thomas Valentine, I agree with you. It's all your favorite teams, all in one site. And because they cover all the teams, they only bring you the best, most interesting topics. Check them out again. It's OhioVersusEveryone.com. That's Ohio vs. Everyone.com. Again, this is going to be an interesting week with Washington, Haskins, McLaren, Chase Young, the Columbus boys are coming back close to Ohio, to the shoe, to play in First Energy on Sunday. Dwayne Haskins right now just dealt a tough hand um, with Darius Geis having to be released. There's no other way to say it, having to be released. With moving on from Adrian Peterson, and I'll be honest, this team could have still used Adrian Peterson with not having much else at the skill position than Terry McLaren at the receiving position. Uh, Dwayne Haskins is learning, and, you know, I, I, I just, we'll see how it works out for him. Um, this offensive line is certainly doing him no favors, I believe, 35% pressure rate. Dwayne Haskins is currently facing. Brandon Scherf, not available. With this defensive line that he's going to go against on Sunday, tough spot for him. McLaren, um, it, it's been really nice to see just... Took the ground running. Um, you know, he took the league by storm last year. Uh, this season, uh, you know, his first couple of weeks have been solid to this point. Chase Young looks outstanding to this point. Chase Young is just a special, special guy. And, you know, Washington has their version of Miles Garrett in Chase Young. Uh, you can add, throw in, you know, a, a Montez Sweat in that equation. Ryan Kerrigan, another former Big Ten guy. Uh, they can get after the passer. Um, another good test here for the offensive line. I'm certainly thinking they're up for it. Browns currently favored as six-and-a-half-point favorites. It's nice to be in a driver's seat. It's nice to be in these positions where you're going to get to you know, hopefully face two teams where you should win games two weeks in a row. Feel better about yourself after that week one beatdown in Baltimore. Uh, so, you know, Washington's going to come in, and obviously, you know, uh, Coach Ron Rivera, great story that all that he is going through right now. Uh, you know, it's one thing to be battling cancer and being a head coach in the NFL. It's another thing to be battling cancer as a head coach in the NFL during the corona pandemic. Um, and I've always just liked him. I just, you know, I love his approach for the game. And I know his players have always loved him. They love being around him. They just love the guy he is. And I think it's a lot of respect to the fact that Ron Rivera was a former player and a pretty damn good one in his time in the NFL. This has been your Wednesday Locked On Browns. Your host, Jeff Lloyd, riding solo. Make sure you're following me, guys, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Make sure you're following the podcast at Locked On Browns on Twitter. Uh, follow back account for the podcast account. DMs are open everywhere. Um, you guys got questions, you want to talk ball, um, anything, even on game days. You guys know I am a pillar, I'm around, I'm a fixture during game days on social media. Uh, with that being said, we'll be back tomorrow with Chris Russell from Locked On Washington Football Team is what I'm pretty sure it's called these <laughs> these current days. Uh, so we'll talk with Chris Russell. He was on over the offseason if you didn't get an opportunity. Uh, Chris, great guy, does a fantastic job covering Washington for SI.com. We'll have your pregame show this week. 
This has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the yellow B. Let's go Browns.